talking for the last couple of weeks, really, uh, if you will, a theme, overarching theme that I feel God's been speaking and that he wants to bring into this church and our lives and to this season here and now is a, a time of strengthening, a time of growth in our faith, and ultimately to really raise people up into a place of spiritual maturity, right? Spiritual maturity, you've been hearing me say that for the last few weeks, and I'm, I'm really feeling that as strong today as I have over the last several weeks, and I think God is doing that. I think he's bringing messages, I think he's bringing the word, I think he's bringing different elements that are helping people to, one, recognize and identify that this, this process of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity is one that we want to very much, in fact, be on, right? And then also to equip us and, and to help us to see and to understand what things and, and what ways that we do grow spiritually mature and begin to grow in our faith. Because how many people agree we don't want a bunch of weak Christians running around out there who are making no impact in the world, right? God didn't create us to live that way. He created us to live strong and to live bold. We've talked a little bit about how spiritual maturity isn't really uh, necessarily something that's indicated by an amount of days or an amount of years that somebody has lived just because they maybe have given their life to Christ. It doesn't mean that they've really grown in their faith, right? So you see people who have maybe lived 20, 30, 40 years just going to church, kind of going through the motions, going through the rhythm, who are in fact maybe not spiritually mature and strong on the inside and aren't able to really fight the fight of faith from the place that we really need to fight that from in our spirit, strongly and boldly. And yet we see people who have maybe walked with the Lord a short amount of time, who have just thrust themselves into growing with God and walking with God, and it's like there's a quickening that's happened, and God has raised them up, and there's a strength and a maturity deep in them, even though there hasn't been a, a long amount of days or years that have passed by. So spiritual maturity obviously is something that's happening on the inside of us, and it's something that God is, is calling us to. It's, it's an ongoing process. It's progressional as we walk through this life and we continue to strive to fulfill the things, the calling that God has on our life. As we do that, we ought to walk more and more into a place of growth and spiritual maturity all the days that we're living here on this earth. Amen? Amen. So, um, you know, what I wanted to kind of talk about today, and I feel like this is probably going to take more than just today to, to really dig into this, but I want to talk to you about living, living with alignment, or living from a place of alignment, meaning that the life that we are living outwardly, that we're walking in day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, that that life outwardly is, is aligned with and is a representation of what God in his word is calling us to, the way he's calling us to live, the purpose that he's created us for, that there is an alignment and there is a consistency with the way we're living outwardly as to what it is that God has called us to in this word right here. And it's a huge thing to live and walk in a way where we're aligned with what God is, is, is 
commanding us to do, what he's calling us to, and the way that he is wanting to use us in the world to really be a true reflection, a true representation of his son, of his love, and of what it is that he's wanting to do in and through us so that we can make an impact in the world around us. And, and how many people know that that doesn't just happen automatically, right? I mean, you, there's things that you just don't accidentally do. Now, there are things that you accidentally can do, right? Like sometimes veer off the road whenever you're trying to avoid a deer. That's an accident, right? Sorry, that was two weeks ago. Um, there are things that you can accidentally do. But you know what? You don't just accidentally get spiritually strong. You don't just accidentally live in a place of alignment with the way God is calling you to live and fulfilling your purpose. It's like you don't accidentally get into shape. Boy, do I wish that one would happen, you know? <laughs> wow, I woke up this morning, I walked outside, and I slipped and fell and did a workout, and I got into shape today. Wow. Doesn't happen. It's very intentional, right? It's a purpose. It's a, it's a focus. It's something we set about to do. And, and living in a place of alignment with what God is calling us to do is, is something that's no different. If it's not important to us, if we're not seeking it, if we're not pursuing it, it's not just going to automatically happen to us in our lives. And when we think about alignment, how many people have ever driven a, a car that was like very, needed to be aligned very badly, right? How many people need to get their car aligned right now? A few people, right? And it's just like it's pulling at you. It's kind of like, as much as you're trying to stay on the path, the car is pulling you because it's misaligned, and it's making it very difficult to stay on course and to stay on track. But when you go and you get that thing aligned, and you get it fixed from the inside, then the alignment is straight, and it's much easier to navigate and stay the course. And so what I'm getting at is that alignment, living in alignment with the way that God has called us to here in his word. It all starts and begins by being aligned properly on the inside here in our spirit. Having a sense of setting, having a sense of uh, alignment and, uh, and being grounded here on the inside in our spirit with truth and with knowledge of God and his word, so that everything we do outwardly can, can, can align from this place inwardly of where God's spirit is living with our spirit and where truth ought to rest. So it's, it's kind of an inside-out job, if you will. So living from a place of alignment. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding." In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. In the NIV version, it says he will make your path straight. Now, how many people would agree, living in a place of alignment, living outwardly in a way that reflects and is, is a representation of what God is calling us to do in his word is something that we ought to desire, right? We want that. Now, the thing is, just like when that car guys, is misaligned underneath inside, then it makes a driving in an aligned way very difficult. The more misaligned that we are in our spirit with truth and with what God says in his word, the, the harder it is to live in a way that lines up with what God is calling us to. 
You know, sometimes we get people, as people, we just get some of these crazy notions that we just think, well, I think it's just okay to do this. Well, I think it's okay to do that. And we kind of like arrive at our own sometimes opinions or perceptions about things that really ultimately are not any more rooted in this word than the wind. Right, But we think that, and so then there's this kind of like misalignment on the inside of what we've sort of formed as maybe a perception or a belief, and then ultimately, if we, if we, the way we begin to live and walk day to day is just going to be affected more and more by being misaligned on the inside. So what we need to do is we need to get strong on the inside spiritually we need to mature and grow here and get us get aligned internally so that we are living and walking day to day in a way that's fully aligned with what God is commanding and calling us to do and we're going to take a deep dive into this because to me this is this is some really just powerful revelation, powerful truth that will equip us, that will strengthen us to be able to get out and I mean start living in a way that is full of power, full of might and full of victory over the enemy in our lives. Right? I mean look, we all have a whole lot of things going on right now in our life. Agreed? Tons of stuff happening. Everybody's probably got a pretty full to-do list of things that are already set up for this week ahead. Lots of things that need your attention, lots of things that need your focus, and I don't discount that, but can I just say this to you? Listen, if we will get a hold of this idea of getting spiritually strong, of getting our faith growing and building and really pursuing and seeking God's truth to become a part of us on the inside, can I tell you something? All those other things that you're facing or that you'll have to deal with in your life, they will be radically, those outcomes will be radically changed if you're living in a way that's consistent with what God is calling you to live. In fact, I would even go as far as to say, if you're not going to go about your business and go about the things in your life with a purpose and a desire to do it in a way that's consistent with how God has called you to, you're actually walking into something that will ultimately bring you harm. Does that make sense? We want to walk out and we want to go face the things that we're doing in a way that is aligned and consistent with what God's word is calling us to do and how he's calling us to live. Strength grows internally and it grows by way of God's wisdom being imparted to us as we continue to understand more and more of who he is and how his word is commanding us to live. Listen to this, Proverbs chapter 24 Verse 5, a wise man is strong, yes, a man of knowledge increases in strength. So God's wisdom passing to us, us beginning to know what God thinks and what he sees, his wisdom being imparted to us is, is in itself making us stronger and building us up, edifying us in our spirit so that we're growing more and more mature, that we can live outwardly with that strength being applied and, and ultimately more aligned with everything that God is saying in his word right here. Now, wisdom is, God's wisdom is different than the wisdom of the world. Okay, very, very important point. The, the wisdom of God 
is what I would refer to as supernatural knowledge. Supernatural knowledge. Now, there is natural knowledge. There is wisdom and knowledge that we can gain simply through experiences, simply through living our life, growing older. You know, you just begin to pick up on things, obviously, as time goes on. That's not what I'm referring to. That's not what the Bible talks about when it speaks about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is like supernatural knowledge that God imparts to us that we could not possibly know or understand in any other way besides God by his spirit revealing that to us. So supernatural knowledge or wisdom is something that is very different than knowledge that's gained in the world through mental aptitude or experience. And the Bible even says that in the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. So there is this desire that we ought to have, that ought to build, this hunger in us to say, you know what, God, I want to seek to know the things that you know. I want to understand more of the ways that you want me to live and more of the truth that you're speaking so that there can be a wisdom that builds a supernatural kind of wisdom in me that strengthens and solidifies my position on the inside so that I'm strong and I'm strengthened and I'm increased in my faith that I may walk outwardly aligned with that knowledge and that wisdom as opposed to anything that I could possibly learn through a worldly pursuit. Does that make sense? So God has this, he's, he's wanting to build us up and to strengthen us but it's by way of imparting his wisdom and his knowledge in us that we are thinking and seeing and hearing more closely and more aligned with the way God sees and hears and thinks. And so we have to recognize that this wisdom that the Bible talks about that we're seeking for is one that only God can bring to us. Now, I want to I open up to a story here and kind of show you how this is demonstrated. And this is in 1 Kings Chapter 3, how many people know the story of Solomon? Story of Solomon, right? Solomon, David's son. What did Solomon ask for from God? God said he could have anything he wanted. What did he ask for? As for wisdom, right? So let's read this story. In verse 5, we'll begin. It says, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask. What shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. So pause for just a second. You recognize in this place, in this moment, right here and now, that Solomon is lacking a great deal of this wisdom, of this godly wisdom, supernatural knowledge that we know he ultimately ends up walking. And you can see how he is 
missing for that. He is lacking for that in his life right now. He says, I'm like a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. So verse 8, and he says, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too, number, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this thing. And then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor riches for yourself, nor, life for your, uh, nor the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone else like you before you, nor shall go any like you arise after. And I also have given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be not, not anyone like you among the kings in all of your days. So God says, see what I have given you, a wise and understanding heart. One of the things I want you to really draw attention to here is that the wisdom that God gives to Solomon is entirely by impartation. It is not by experience. Do you see that? God chooses to give Solomon a wisdom and an understanding about his ways so that Solomon can begin to lead and walk in this calling, that purpose that God has created him for in his life. And he asked appropriately for the right thing, and he didn't ask for anything selfishly. He was desiring that God would give him knowledge that he could not possibly attain or know on his own or through any kind of intellectual pursuit that he would begin to go on. And, and the same is true for us, guys. The wisdom of God that we need and that we should desire to have in our lives is something that comes in our spirit. It's something that that builds in us by a way of impartation of God revealing and making things known to us through the process of pursuing him and reading his word and knowing more about his truths. It is not something that we can ever grasp or attain by trying to go down some intellectual study or path of mental pursuit. And this is why a lot of times people who are um, very intellectual in nature, they're wired that way, right? To their mind and learning and everything, a lot of times can sort of stumble and struggle with the things of God and with the ways of God and the truths of God. And the, the reason is, is because when, when worldly information comes to us, it filters through our intellectual minds first, Right? We see it with our senses, we observe, we think about it, and it kind of passes through our, our psyche, our, our mental wiring, and then it becomes a part of our memory bank and, and so on. Right? I'm kind of going a little out there on you guys a little bit here. Okay, so, but, but wisdom of God doesn't come to us like that. 
it just kind of bypasses the brain and the, and the wiring altogether, and it actually comes in and it's revealed to us by God's Spirit in our spirit man, and it builds and it strengthens in us as revelation knowledge that we then can begin to move forward on in faith and live on and act on in our lives, and as we do, we become more and more aligned in the way we're living with the way that God has created us to live and with the nature of who he is and what he says about who we are in him. Okay, well, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So the process that we see here is that Solomon heard about, God imparted this wisdom into him and it says that he was actually like in a dream and God came and he gave this and he, and he imparted this wisdom to him. So let, let, let me back up. In the Old Testament, God would reveal wisdom to men. He would reveal his ways and his understanding through a couple of different means. He would sometimes speak in an audible voice, right? Moses heard the audible voice of God on a number of occasions He would uh, sometimes speak to men in dreams and reveal things to them. It says that the prophets were always moved by the influence of the Holy Spirit. So when the prophets spoke to the nation and they declared God's ways and his truth, the Holy Spirit was inspiring them to, to, to know these things. So it was kind of happening in God's sovereign, all knowing way. But if you back up earlier than that, you get into the Garden of Eden, okay? Hang with me, please. This is big. You get into the Garden of Eden, and you have Adam and Eve, right? God creates them, and it says that God breathed his spirit into them. So the, the spirit of God, for the first time, is now living on the inside of man. Can I tell you something? That was the original design all along. That was exactly the way God had created us to live from the very beginning. But what happened? The fall happened, right? That evil woman tempted... (laughs) Read the story. It's there. So in, this, in, this, in the garden, when, this, when sin happened, the Spirit of God essentially left them. So now, whereas before, Spirit of God was in, he, God could just reveal His truth. He could just speak to them. He could impart to them. They could just know His ways and grow closer and closer to Him through this means of communication, if you will, by the Spirit of God in them. And then the Spirit of God is gone after the fall. And we have all of these periods of thousands of years where God now is communicating to men through his audible voice at times, in dreams at times, through just kind of divine inspiration that he would move on certain people and use them to, to, to speak his word to the rest of the people so that they could know what God was saying. But what happened after that? Something changed 
first when Jesus came on the earth. Now you have God in human form. You have the Son. And Jesus is walking the earth for 33 and a half years. And he is speaking to men as a person on the face of the earth. And he's communicating here. But whenever he leaves, the Bible tells us we know that God then sends what? His Holy Spirit who would then come to live on the inside of those who confess Christ as Lord and Savior. And now, amazingly, the way that it all was really supposed to be from the beginning in the garden where God's Spirit rested in man with his spirit and imparted God's wisdom to them has now been restored And as we walk with the Holy Spirit, we walk in a way where we have full access, availability to the imparting wisdom of God at all times in our lives. See, I told you I was going to get somewhere. All right. No, I'm playing. But seriously, is that huge or what? Like we now, guys, we now walk with this availability, this opportunity to have God's wisdom just imparted into us. How do you think for thousands of years those men and women that walk the earth would think if they knew we got to live in a day where the Holy Spirit could live inside of men again? All they knew is that it lived inside of Adam and Eve and then it was gone after that and it was happening in a different way. But now, here, today, 2017, the Holy Spirit is alive and well and living inside of God's creation, His children, ready to impart wisdom, supernatural knowledge into us so that we may live in a way that is aligned with the very way that God has created us to live all along. Wow. And if we are living outwardly in a way that's aligned with what God is doing inwardly, will the world not look on and see that there's something different and something attractive and something amazing about what is happening in the life of someone who is living in a way that's aligned with how God has created us to live. Amen? Amen. Now, oh, she's fine. You ought to hear what it's been like at my house for the last 10 years. (laughs) Actually, Katie, kids, she's like, I don't, how do you tune that stuff out, you know, like, I've just developed, I guess it's a gene, I don't know, something in your, where it's like you can just silence so many of the noises, you know, and she gets angry at me when I do that, too, by the way. (laughs) How are you going to do that? (laughs) Hallelujah. So, let me continue. So, our, our journey, guys, in this spiritual life, when we are born again, that whole process begins by a revelation, by an impartation of supernatural knowledge. Did you know that you are incapable of knowing and receiving Christ 
on your own with your own intellectual mind. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples, something very interesting. And he was talking to Peter and the rest of the disciples, but he said, you know, they're telling him that people are saying that you are, uh, you know, John the Baptist, and some people are saying you're this and that, and Jesus is like, whoa, 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 okay, who do you say that I am? Never mind what everybody else is saying, who do you say that I am? And Peter confesses very boldly something. He says that you are the son of God, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, right? What does Jesus say to him after that? He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on this rock, I will build my church. Powerful. First thing we see is that he says to Peter, you could never have known that with your own intellectual mind. You are, there's not an aptitude that we achieve where we can know God, right? That's called Gnosticism. That's, that means somehow through an intellectual journey, we can finally attain some intellectual level where we can begin to know and experience God. Thank God he didn't make it that way. But that's what he's saying. He's saying flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. So there was a sense of revelation that Peter got from above that did not come from his natural mind. And that same revelation has come to all of us who have ever confessed at whatever point in our life that we chose to do so, that we will make Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior in our own lives, and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. That was the first true revelation that you ever had. That was the first impartation of supernatural knowledge that you ever got. That's a powerful thing. And once that first time happened, once that first spiritual experience and, and rebirth, the Bible tells us, occurred, from that point on, we then have access and availability to continual impartation, continual revelation of knowing more of God's ways, his thoughts, and how he's calling us to live. Amen? Amen. It's a powerful thing. And one of the definitions in the dictionary that I found for revelation that I thought was so interesting is it's, it's, it's uh, a, a, a revealing of divine knowledge, something that God makes known to humans. And so we have to realize that the Holy Spirit, he comes to live on the inside of us. And get this, he comes to live in a way where the full wisdom of God is actually here in us from the very beginning. There's not some sense of, of part of him or some of him, right? The Bible says that, that God does not give the Spirit in measure, but we get the fullness of Christ. But, but the idea of moving forward in our lives and knowing more of God's ways and knowing more of his thoughts and living more aligned with how he's called us to is a process that is revelatory. It's God revealing and imparting and basically making more known to us as we discover his truths more and more through our walk, the things that he's got promised for us, the things that he's called us to, and the way that he created us to live. 
It's, it's revelatory. But he is, the Holy Spirit is living in us. The full wisdom of God is right here inside of you right now. And I don't know about you, but that, that just blows me away. The fullness of God. Listen to this. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it says, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He's saying, don't be deceived by this. Don't get duped. Don't let anyone or anything ever get you to believe that the full power and wisdom of God isn't in you right now and wasn't all in you the very moment you got the first revelation of who Christ was. And now that you know that, you know that the infinite source of knowledge and wisdom that we need to live the way we're really called to live by our Creator is right here in us and available and ready to impart and reveal to us every day. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I think about um, we, when we moved into our new house and we, uh, we built a home on some property you know, we had a lot of rocks in the soil, and uh, dad used to make us all, me and my brothers, go out, like, you know, every day and, and go pick up some, a couple wheelbarrows of rocks or whatever. At least that's how I remember it. Um, <laughs> he was a slave driver, and uh, I think we were five, and uh, no, <laughs> yeah, and actually, he's got my kids doing it now <laughs> when they come over there. Still rocks in the soil. But, you know, Dad, you're never going to get all those rocks out of there. Anyway, so there's all these rocks, and it's once we moved in there, once we got there, the interesting thing is that we, we owned that land. We were occupying that land. All those rocks were all beneath the soil. They were all there. You just couldn't necessarily see all of them. But we owned them. It was ours. We had to dig them. We had to pull them up, pick them up, right? We had to mine them, so to speak. But it was all there the whole time to begin with, just beneath the surface. The fullness of the wisdom of God, the whole thing, every bit of God is in you right here. His Holy Spirit, he's not lacking for anything. And our journey, guys, is a journey of ongoing revelation and understanding of God's supernatural knowledge coming more into our spirit from his spirit and producing in us a sense of faith and, and certainty of who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. So that once that is established on the inside, there's no turning back and we are now properly aligned from the internal part, the inner part of our man of who we are, and then we can begin to live aligned properly in every way from on out in how we conduct ourselves here in this world day to day. But if we're not aligned properly to begin with inside, if the truth of who we are and how God has called us to live and all the promises that he's given us aren't mined and dug up 
And God isn't revealing more and more of this all the time to us in our lives, then we are missing out greatly on the opportunity to have the supernatural knowledge of God continuing to be more and more a part of who we are, how we see, how we think, and how we hear, which ultimately influences how we live and how we act and how we demonstrate God to the world around us. Amen? Stand to your feet with me today. There has to be an alignment. Everybody say alignment. In the way we are living day to day, where it would line up with exactly what God has said here in His Word and how He's called us to be. And there's power in that. The wisdom of God is evident and demonstrated in that. You know, you want to you, you wanna have greater success in your parenting? You want to have a, a, a more rich and flourishing marriage? You want to be more effective in your career? You want to use your gifts to a greater level in how you're impacting people in your workplace or in your, in your volunteer work? Listen, I'm telling you, let the wisdom of God drive all of that because it's the wisdom and supernatural knowledge of God that as it begins to align and move into all those different facets of who we are, and how we live, that God loves. It's beautiful. He's created us to have this beautiful, experience, adventurous life with all these wonderful things that we get to be out there doing. But I'm just telling you, if we're not doing them in a way where the wisdom of God is ultimately lined up with the way we're living in those things, then we are missing opportunities to live in fullness and to make an impact in the way God is calling us to. Bow your heads with me today. Father, I thank you so much, God, for giving us your Holy Spirit. I thank you for making it available that we could know your ways, your thoughts, that we could see more like you see, God. I ask you that you would just draw all of us in closer to you, that you would help us to see how much you went through by having your son die on the cross so that we could have access to this. We thank you that that was a fully work was accomplished on the cross and that now your Holy Spirit lives in us and the full source of wisdom and knowledge is now here living inside each and every one who calls you Lord. We treasure that God and I ask you that you would now today, even through this word that was spoken this morning, that you would begin to impart to people revelation knowledge, that you would begin to impart your wisdom into people's spirits here today, God, that there would be an added a strengthening and an increasing of their faith even here and now today as, as truth of your word is being revealed to many who are here and hearing that this morning. If there's anybody here today and you say, Pastor, you know, you're talking about God's spirit living inside of you and, and, and being able to hear God and, and for God to communicate with me and Man, I don't know if I've ever experienced that before. I have no idea what you're talking about. If that's you and you say, 
and you would say that you have never given your life to Christ. You've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Listen to me. That is the first decision and the best decision that you will ever make is to receive Christ as your Savior. And the Holy Spirit will come to live on the inside of you. And the wisdom of God will be available in fullness to you. Stop making decisions and trying to live your life in the world's knowledge or wisdom or in your own strength. You need the wisdom and strength of God to do everything you're called to do in this earth. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I ask you right now to just, to just give your heart to, to Jesus. Say, dear Father God, I give my life to you today. I turn from my old ways and I turn to you now, Lord. I ask you to come and make me everything that you've created me to be come and live on the inside of me help me to be who I'm created to be in Jesus name